Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 158 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And the subject today is inbound marketing. In today's show, Kelvin discusses his topic with Brian Worley of HubSpot, all coming up in Internet Marketing. Okay, Brian, so you work for HubSpot, who in my mind are kind of very much synonymous with the, the concept of inbound marketing, as it were. Can you talk a bit about kind of how you understand inbound marketing, what that means and kind of HubSpot's involvement in that as kind of an idea? Yeah, so I've been working at HubSpot for almost three years now. Um, the company is about almost six years old. And what inbound marketing really means to me is that before I worked at HubSpot, mm-hmm. um, I worked at a, another website and we did a lot of traditional marketing, which is funny because we were a website and, and our idea was to pull people into our website and to get people there, we needed to be doing magazine ads and ads on the radio and doing sponsorships for radio spots and television shows. And it was really unsuccessful. Okay. <laughs> it didn't do very well, um, especially not as well as we thought we should be doing. We wanted to be doing better with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we started when I started to look around for other jobs and investigating other things, I heard about this thing called inbound marketing. Um, luckily, HubSpot was just down the street. It was just a few miles away. Um, and so what inbound marketing really means to me is that it's this idea that the world of advertising and marketing has completely changed. And a lot of the old tactics don't work anymore um, or don't work as well. And they don't work for a lot of new businesses. Um, and so what we're looking at doing is how do we use the internet in totally different ways to really bring people to instead of buying lots of advertisements and then trying to figure out like how what worked about that advertisement or what was attractive that pulled people in we say let's figure out like what kinds of questions people have about our business or what kinds of problems that people have that lead them to need our product and then let's produce lots of educational material about that and help explain what we do and why we do it and what's interesting about it and see if we can use that as a magnet to pull people in when they're doing research about products Um, and we found that that's a lot more successful than doing a lot of traditional advertising and things like that where people don't people might see an ad and not understand what you are or why you're doing it or how it would help them. And what are some of the, the kind of disciplines or verticals that tend to lend themselves particularly well to kind of this inbound marketing approach? Um, it's the thing, the types of businesses that do the best are businesses where um, 
a big part of your product is knowledge or information, I think, yeah. um, because people will have a problem. They'll need to do research about about it or they'll want to learn more about that that problem that they're having or possible solutions. And so they'll do a lot of research. And this is also, I think, a lot of times um, very high dollar value kind of sales or businesses, whether they're like consulting or they're physical goods or they're digital products or, or anything like that. They're, they tend to be expensive and so they have a long research cycle and people need to find out a lot about it, make sure they're buying the right product, make sure that they're getting what they need. Um, or if a, a lot of B2B businesses will say, you know, like we have a, we need to research several types of products, see what competitors are out there, see what people are saying about them and which one best matches with what we need. Um, and then what inbound marketing does so well with that is they start reading all this content on your website, like your eBooks or blog posts about um, the problem that they're having and different solutions that people have tried and how your products can be useful to that. And by the time they're done reading it, they're not only informed about the topic, but they now know that you're an expert on that topic. And so it makes it much more likely that they're going to want to buy from you because they know that you're already at the top of that field. And I know that ebooks have been a big part of the the kind of the HubSpot experience. It feels like I'm kind of on your mail list. It feels like every other day there's a new ebook um, kind of produced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of, is there any tips from your experience of how you've gone about producing those that you think kind of perhaps would be useful for people who are trying to take this inbound marketing approach? Yeah. So one of the key things is to produce some content that you give away freely on your website. You don't require any registration or anything like that. That kind of content tends to get shared a lot on social media. Google and other search engines index it and love to um, put it at the top of their search results. And so that's really good for people bring, bringing people in initially. But then what you can do is you can say, I have even more about this, but I'm going to want like an email address or a phone number or something like that so I can get in touch with you and find out like why are you so interested in this. So let's say I sell like custom fiber optic cables for businesses and robots and things like that that need custom custom lengths or custom styles of fiber optic cabling. And I can give away a little bit of information on my website freely about you know, what kinds of uses do custom fiber optic cablings have, what does pricing look like, what's, what do you need to know if you're buying one. And then I say, if you need even more, like you want to look at a style guide and you want and and download even more information about this, you know, sign up for this form here and you can download like, my 10 or 12 page ebook about everything that you could ever want to know uh, about fiber optic cabling. And by the time you read that ebook, you'll be an expert on it. You'll know that we're an expert on it. Mm. um, And, and you'll have all the information you need to make an informed decision as a buyer. And and that type of content can be quite effective for kind of SEO then, I suppose as well It's kind of a, it's the type of stuff that people are going to link to. Exactly. It's the kind of thing where um, if you can produce like the one authoritative ebook or the one authoritative blog post on a topic, it'll be really attractive for people in your industry to link to. Um, even your competitors might start linking to it if it's a really good resource because it's easier than producing it on their own. Um, and they're hoping that if they can get um, that kind of attention um, when when they have someone's attention, they can still share your content, but they've already got that person's contact information. Um, I've seen a lot of like competitors will link to their competitors' information um, just to try it because it's easier than producing their own content like that. Um, but then the good news is that you've captured their email address, you've gotten a chance to get in front of them as well that way. And any advice about how to kind of come up with the potential topics for these ebooks or white pages or blog posts? Yeah, so what I would start with is when you start talking to someone for the first time, like you meet someone at a party or on the street and you're talking about what you do for business, what's that first question that they always ask you about it? Like, uh, um, 
going back to like the fiber optic cabling example, like they say, oh, that's interesting. Like what kinds of custom cables do you make? Like what's, what's a popular kind of custom optic fiber optic cable. And then you can explain to them, oh, well, we make ones that don't break when you bend. Um, and when you bend them and, um, they can stretch and they can contract. And so you can fit them into very small spaces without having to worry about kind of all of those kinds of problems. Um, that makes a great blog post. You can explain exactly that kind of material. Mm-hmm. It's blo- the greatest blog posts are the ones that are just like the questions that you answer like 10 times every day to people that you meet. Um, but for all of those 10 people, it's the first time they've ever heard this information. It makes something that's really compelling and good for sharing that way. And in terms of kind of once you start to decide, okay, I've got these questions, here's what I feel I should be answering. Mm-hmm. Have you found that there's kind of an ideal length for that type of content? Because potentially it might be a bit daunting to go off and kind of write a full-blown ebook, as it were. Yeah. So that depends on how much there really is to say about the topic. Like you can write a great blog post on a topic in three paragraphs. And you know, that's probably like two to four minutes of, of speaking an answer to someone in, in response to their question. That's probably a great blog post's length. Or one one other measure that I use is anytime I write one of my coworkers or someone who emails me with a question, if they send me an email and my response is more than three paragraphs, I know that I probably have a pretty good blog post there and I might need yeah. to edit it and change it. But if if somebody asked me a substantive question and it took me that long to answer it, then that's probably a really good topic for a blog post because it's something people want to know and there's a detailed answer for them when they ask it. No, yeah. um, I, think that, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. And I know that kind of tools have been a big part of the way that you kind of have, you know, sought attention, sought inbound leads. And, mm. you know, it's the kind of, you know, is it because I know that I've used some of those HubSpot tools in the past. Are there any kind of yeah. recommended that you think might be interesting to our listeners? Yeah, so we just launched a new one in December, Marketing Grader. Okay. Um, one can access it at marketing.grader.com. And basically what it does is it looks at your whole marketing funnel from your website to your social media accounts to um, anything else that you have kind of going on in your web marketing. And then gives you a review of kind of what are you doing that's great on them and what could you improve and gives you tips on how you can improve different parts of it. And what have you found from your experience as the area that people tend to get wrong in that kind of full funnel? <laughs> So I think one of the things that people most frequently get wrong is that they're doing a little bit of everything and they're they're not committing to it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, they'll have a Facebook page, but they post on their Facebook page maybe like once a month or so. And so then we can give them advice, some advice and say, if people, people are on Facebook every day, they use it every day, if they're interested in your brand and what you're talking about in your subject matter, you know, it doesn't have to be like every minute, but like post something interesting once a day or a few times a week just to make sure that they're getting a steady stream and they don't forget who you are. If they're only getting exposed to you once a month, they might miss you. They may not be on Facebook when you post and it might go past them before they see it. Um, or they may just forget who you are in the in-between. And so by making sure that you're doing like regular, consistent posting, um, you'll have much better success online yeah. on Facebook or Twitter or any of those kinds of networks than you would um, if you're being kind of erratic or, or sporadic about it. And uh, I mean, I know in the past that the kind of the SEO grader tool that you've got, I'm not quite sure of the title of it, but I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely used it in the past. That's kind of quite a good way for people to get started in kind of understanding um, some of those yeah. kind of big challenges. How have you found the kind of the need that, because SEO has potentially started to become a little bit more complex, as it were, or mm-hmm. at least there's a perception of that. Is it, how is yeah. the kind of temptation, is it difficult to kind of balance that... Um, desire to make it as simple as possible but also kind of uh, you know understanding that potentially it's getting more complicated as well 
Yeah, so it definitely has gotten a little bit more complicated. Um, but what most businesses need, because most businesses don't have a, a lot of competition for SEO um, and for ranking, is they need to just do their fundamentals really well first. And so, like Marketing Grader and before that, um, our old tool, Website Grader, which you referenced, um, they stuck to making sure that you were just doing your fundamentals right. Because also, we found a lot of websites, like they were trying to do kind of advanced SEO topics and trying to do all kinds of very complicated optimizations, um, but they, they were still missing some of the fundamentals, like making sure that all the images on their website, all the important images had alt tags so that screen readers could read them and search engines could read those images. Um, or they had like every page title on their website was the same, but they were trying to do like some fancy thing with a sitemap or something like that. And we we're like, well, you should take that step back first and get your page titles right or get your um, images like taking care of first before you go into any of these deeper topics and make sure just your fundamentals are good because you might find that once you get those fundamentals right, you get your page titles set up correctly, then um, you might start ranking a lot better anyway and then you don't need to worry about those kind of more complicated topics. And, and, and that think, works yeah, for a think, lot of business. Yeah, do you think that a lot of us kind of like, yeah, we're so, there's so many things we could be doing that actually we kind of concentrate on the new shiny thing perhaps rather than the kind of the fundamentals in that sense? Yeah, or they get so caught up in um, looking at all their data and all the things they possibly could do that they get kind of like paralyzed by all the possible things they do and they end up doing none of it. Um, and so one of the other nice things about the tools, it kind of breaks it down into little chunks of what you can do and it explains why that's an important thing to do and then um, and, and then gives you like kind of very tactical tips of, of how you can tackle that without um, being too vague or um, not being clear about what you need to do. So for example, if your page titles, I'll start with your company name. Um, it says you should probably just reorder that. So it's the name of the page and then your company name second. And then explains why that's really important by saying 60% of all organic search clicks go to the top three organic search results. Um, and if you're putting your company name at the front of all of your posts, of all your page titles, it's going to be much harder for you to rank very well and get into those top three results. And so that's a very important focus for you to have. And in terms of talking about that focus, and I've kind of mentioned a bit, there's kind of a huge amount of content and a huge amount of tools that, mm -hmm. um, that HubSpot produce. How do you find then, as a kind of the person responsibility, responsible for the search marketing of that, how do you kind of deal with that large volume of content that you've got there? Because yeah. it's not a challenge that everyone's got, but surely it must be difficult to know, okay, well, I've got all these potential things I could be promoting that I could be trying to get sure. to link to. How do you, how do you decide that, uh, how you go about doing that? Yeah, so um, we have about 25 people on the marketing team here at HubSpot, um, some 20, 25, something like that. Um, and one of the things that I do that makes my job as our main search engine optimization person a lot easier is that I try to make sure that everyone else on the team has a good understanding of SEO as well um, so that they understand like links are good. I want to, if I'm about to get a link because I'm doing an interview or some other thing going on, to try and get certain anchor text if possible. Um, a lot of it is really just about teaching good SEO fundamentals to everyone else on the team so that like my, my reach of how much I can influence what they're working on is greatly amplified so that I don't need to pay attention to everything that everyone is doing. I can focus on just a few keywords at a time or certain projects at a time and kind of leave it to my coworkers and trust that they'll do a good job of making sure that whatever they're doing, that they're pulling in good anchor links um, or that they're making sure that like that a, a page that they're creating on our website or a page that they're creating on our blog is laid out well and has good has a keyword that's focused around and all of that sort of um, stuff. So yeah, what you've done is you've spread that knowledge so they're doing a lot of the SEA work for you without you necessarily having to exactly. do that. Yeah. 
And how do you feel about kind of, you know, there's, you know, if you look at some of the surveys that have been carried out towards the tail end of the year, people feeling that social signals are becoming more and more of an issue. And that's before you get the more recent Google rollout of search plus your web. How do you feel about yeah. some of those social signals and how that's going to affect the, the day to day responsibility of someone trying to run an SEO campaign? Yeah, so it will definitely affect it because it signal like does inbound links or as having content on your website it's definitely like i would say it's probably about five percent involvement in how you rank right now um and so it's an important thing to get right if you can because it's that little boost that can push you past a competitor um and so what i'm seeing when i talk to a lot of SEO, other seos is that they're getting involved in, with the social media people at their company or at, if they're if they work in an agency they, if they find out who's responsible for social media and they do just like they have a quick meeting at first to just make sure that they're on the same page and that they understand what each other are looking for and how they can help each other um, because it is really critical and it's going to become a much bigger factor over the, over the rest of this year and, and next year um, in how well websites rank, that people are sharing the websites, that people stay on the website for a long time, that they're reading the content regularly. These are the things that the search engines are looking for and so it's going to be a much bigger factor and so it's a good thing to get right and pay attention to. And have you found that the content that people share on social networks is different to the kind of content that people link to on your site. So, you know, say you produced an ebook, have you found some ebooks have done very well for links, but not so good for kind of tweets, but then others have been very widely tweeted, but very few people end up linking to it? We haven't really had that experience yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if other people out there have had that that happen to them. Um, but we've generally found a, generally an ebook that we make either does very well or doesn't do very well. Um, there's not a lot of in-between with them. Um, and so keeping that in mind, like, yeah, we haven't really had a problem. Like, if it, it'll either succeed or it'll not succeed on its own. So actually, it's the quality of the content that's the real issue. And actually, the better the quality of content, the wider it gets shared rather than kind Definitely. of certain yeah. content gets spread in, you know, in different ways. Or sometimes we just write about just a topic that I guess is like we feel like it's a really good content, but the topic may just not be that interesting, or it's interesting to such a small segment of people that it only gets limited sharing and limited attention. Mm. Um, like so, um, this ebook is actually doing rather well, but we were a little bit nervous about like we were producing an ebook about marketing analytics, and we weren't sure like what's the market like for that. A lot of people talk about web analytics, or they talk about Google analytics, and we're trying to introduce this new topic of marketing analytics, and you should look at it not just in terms of time on site um, or the bounce rate of your website, but how's the marketing performance of of your website going? Are you pulling in leads? You should be measuring your, your website in terms of leads generated or sales generated or whatever metric actually moves your business. Um, and so we weren't sure what the market was going to be like for that, but then it did very well, and so we're really happy with it. But it's it's a little bit of guesswork to figure out what's going to be great and what's not going to be great. Yeah, and you've got to experiment, I suppose, to, to, to learn and try things out. Yeah, yeah, you have to not be afraid to fail. Like, not everything is going to be perfect, but if you're you're going to miss every shot that you never take. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, Ramos. I think so. There's some really interesting research in there, and I can thoroughly recommend that people definitely check out the tools. And there's quite, like I say, those ebooks. There's some really interesting content that you, that you guys are producing there that I think that the listeners could all find really interesting. So thanks very much for that, Brian. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Kelvin. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you if you want to send an email. 
send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.